what mattered to me so much was seeing my own students 7,500 miles away through the computer screen and they were crying because they were feeling the joy of doing good for others. They had taken the things we had learned in the curriculum and applied them to make a difference in the world. Hello, Montgomery County. This is Brandon Langer with the MCIU, and welcome to the OPL podcast. This is a new offering from our Office of Professional Learning with presenters, teachers, administrators, highlighting all the great things going on in education throughout the county. And we just want to make sure we are helping support great conversation around how we benefit instruction for students. We're very lucky today to be joined by Mr. Mike Soskel. And he's been at the IU, did a workshop, great work with teachers all day. And I just want to welcome him to the program and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, Mike, just a little bit of background, you know, what, what's your path been as a teacher? What do you hope to do with these workshops and your time as you travel and you get to see a lot of different educators kind of all over the map? What, what kind of underlines that work? Where do you like to go with that? So I've been a, a teacher for 22 years, uh, most of it in Northeastern Pennsylvania up in Wallenpalpack Area School District. Uh, I teach elementary school and past four or five years I've taught elementary science and STEM, doing some work with math teachers also. But I'm not shy about saying that for the first half of my career I was really good at being a mediocre teacher. Kids <laughs> sat in rows, if you walked into my classroom and did an observation you would see that they were on task. They seemed to be doing what they were supposed to be doing. Uh, there was pretty good classroom management but not a whole lot of classroom empowerment. And so like many students that we see in classrooms, they would learn, they would pass their tests and quizzes. And then two or three weeks later, they would forget everything that they learned, right? And, <laughs> and then the, the following year's teacher would wonder, how come I never taught them anything? And so uh, about 2007, I went to Pete and C, and I went to a session on finding your professional learning network. Mm -hmm. And I started connecting with teachers outside my classroom, and I realized all of the great work that was going on and the things that were happening for students in other classrooms, but not in mine. Yep. And I made a decision that I had to get better. And, and in one of the ways that I did that, was starting to connect students in my rural town outside of that town so that they could learn global competencies, see different cultures beyond our, our rural community. And through that, my students have gotten involved in doing some great social good work, building bridges for other communities in Africa, raising money for water filters, trying to overcome food scarcity in different areas. And through that, they've learned the power of being empathetic and how good it feels to do good for others using the learning that happens in the classroom. And because I've seen such a great impact for them, it's become my mission to not only do that for my own students, but to help other teachers do it for theirs. That's great. And do you, I think anyone that goes on that track and realizes what you described as a lack of empowerment and, and the step beyond engagement, right? It's not just about the fact that the students did the activity. It's about did they feel empowered and, and want to drive forward from that and do something real from that work. I remember being, I taught music for 12 years and I remember specifically the moment when I realized that no one was really invested in what I had to say. I was, you know, probably about seven or eight years ago and I just remember thinking there has to be something else, right? Kind of that same moment of going out and seeing, wow, there are people doing amazing things. What can I learn from that is such an important step. And I, I watched a, an online video of you talking about the power of the teacher and how important that is. I think that's a message that teachers can't hear enough. Yeah, so the book that, uh, that I was a co-author on, Teaching in the Fourth Industrial Revolution, that came out two years ago, uh, explored the impact of, of this technological innovation that we see on education and society. And we know that so many of our students right now are coming to school and they're not well. 
we see that manifesting in so many different ways, mental health issues, trauma that they've gone through, school shootings, you know, you name it in the United States. And because of that, as teachers, our job is becoming more difficult. But it's also more important than it ever has been before. Sometimes you hear people talking about how machines are going to replace teachers or how artificial intelligence um, can, can choose a learning path for students. But nobody wants their, student going to, their, their child going to a classroom where they're going to be taught by a machine. We want teachers who love kids. It's the most important thing that we do. Being empathetic, being caring, uh, showing compassion, and allowing our students to learn through us that that's how they should be also uh, is something that is uniquely human and, and uh, something that, that teachers excel at. The power of the teacher to help kids become good people is something that is missing in society and sometimes undervalued. And as we deal with these societal problems, we need to, of course, keep our schools technologically relevant. Nobody, nobody should ever make the case that we can't have technology in schools, that it's a bad thing. Um, otherwise, students are going to come to school and they're going to wonder how come it doesn't look like the world outside. But at the same time, we need to find a balance between that and the things that are most important in education. Uh, humanity, empathy, compassion, building relationships. And if we do that, we're going to set the stage for a peaceful and prosperous future. Um, unfortunately, right now, uh, some of the demands on us as a society and, and as an education system make that difficult. But that's part of the work that we're doing, right? Part of the work showing that as teachers, we can empower kids to make a difference with the learning that they're doing on their local and global community outside the school. And I think if we, if we use it in the right way, it, it's actually easier now than ever to convey those happenings, right? Where, where I was having a conversation with Weston Kieschnick, who was here uh, a week or two ago, and he mentioned about how we shouldn't be siloed in our separate classrooms. These great things going on in your classroom shouldn't be hidden from your next-door neighbor. And I'd also argue they shouldn't be hidden from anybody. It, we should be using and leveraging social media for our community. They can see all the good going on and help reshape what that narrative looks like on the local level. And we should be able to send, and, and I love that you mentioned connecting outside of your community. What do you think is one of the most powerful things a teacher could accomplish in today's classroom that maybe didn't exist 10, 15 years ago? So there's a, there's a two-part answer to that question. Okay. Um, because as a professional, as, as professional teachers, we have dual responsibilities, practice and policy. When you talk about the need for us to drive the narrative of what's happening in our classrooms outside, that's the policy piece. As professional teachers, we need to take ownership of that and make sure that the great things that are happening in our schools and our classrooms are shared with the community beyond, with other teachers, so that they can emulate them and build off of them uh, and then give them back to us in a better way that we can then take and, and build off of in our own classrooms. But that, that piece of using narrative uh, to drive the conversation around education is, is something that we need to take ownership of uh, as a profession. Within our own classrooms, there is an opportunity for us to find people outside of our school that inspire us and help us get better in a way that there wasn't 10, 15 years ago. In the beginning of my career, if I wanted to connect my classroom with other kids or connect with another teacher for professional development purposes, I would have had to use a $2,000 polycom system. Um, I would have probably had to drive to the district office where they had the only system that we could use. Now, if you have an internet connection and a webcam, you're, you're golden. Pretty much all of us have that in our classrooms right now. So the question becomes, how do we use that for good? Use it not just for, for good to make us better teachers, but also use it for literally for social good in order to make our communities better. Because schools are the center of our community. And so in order to really step into that role and to make sure that we're, we're fulfilling that in the way that we should as a school, 
we need to make sure that we're giving back. And that doesn't always mean just the teachers or the staff. That can mean the students also. Great example, uh, in my school, some of our kindergarten students, uh, along with some of my science students, realized that at the local food pantry, there was no fresh fruits and vegetables that were available. And so they asked if we could start a school garden. And of course, we said yes, and they were able to provide that social good, but I was able to teach them photosynthesis in a much more authentic way. And so looking for that intersection between social good and our content is a way that we can make our communities better while also making learning more relevant for our students. And it's more fun for the the teacher in that respect, too. I mean, every teacher loves that authentic practice of what you're trying to convey in the first place. It is one of the great parts about being a music teacher is performance is real always. And and that, that experience is continually handed off to students and you get to go through it with them as a instructional coach and, and now a program administrator, I, I want to make sure that I help teachers discover those things and, and continue to brainstorm those things. That's what this podcast is all about, to spark ideas and, and innovation in the classroom and, and also just to bring a joy of teaching because those of us that have found this world where you just continually look, not for the newest, greatest thing, fun and enjoyable learning activities that, that spark learning in a child, it, it, it's meaningful, it's, it's powerful. Yeah, the arts are such a, a great way to make this connection that we talk about. Uh, you mentioned music. Uh, Mari Cooper is a former Pennsylvania Teacher of the Year out in Fox Chapel uh, School District out in western Pennsylvania. And one of the things that her orchestra students have done is uh, in order to get orchestral music, beautiful music, into places in the community that uh, otherwise wouldn't have it, they've gone through the design process and developed what they call pop-up concerts. Yep. And so there's you know five or six students that will go and play music at a homeless shelter or at a, a school for the blind um, you know, or a prison. Um, and that's their way of using the arts to give back to the community. For me, it, it usually happens because I'm a science teacher through STEM. Mm-hmm. Um, I can think of the most powerful moment of my teaching career where my students had gone through a project in partnership with kids in the Kabira slum of Nairobi. Kabira is about 10 square miles, has 1.5 million people that live there, and the kind of abject poverty that's hard for us to imagine as Americans. But what my students learned is that their friends that they were working with, the pit toilets would overflow during the rainy season, and the water would get contaminated, and their friends were getting sick. And so they demanded to get involved in fundraising to bring water filters to those schools and to those families. And in combination with kids in Greece and Kansas, they were able to provide uh, water filters for the schools and for the families so that every, all of their friends were safe. Uh, and I happened to write a grant, and I was there when the water filters were delivered. And we set up a seven-school Skype call where the kids that uh, raised money were able to meet the two schools that got the filters. And it was, as you can imagine, incredibly emotional. I happened to be there in April, which is the rainy season. There was a cholera outbreak. Twelve kids died of cholera in the slum uh, while I was there. And so the the Kenyan children were hugging their filters because they knew the impact that they had. But what mattered to me so much was seeing my own students 7,500 miles away through the computer screen, and they were crying because they were feeling the joy of doing good for others. They had taken the things we had learned in the curriculum and applied them to make a difference in the world. And I know that for the rest of their lives, they'll look for more ways to have that feeling. And so if we can find ways to adapt the curriculum so that kids can have that kind of impact, we're going to not only prepare kids for the 21st century workforce and and have them college and career ready, but we're going to develop the kind of people that are going to build a better society than we have left for them. Well, Mike, no one in the room is going to tap that. So (laughs) I want to once again thank you for uh, joining us today and and just sharing your wisdom, your time with our teachers, and and thank you for what you do for our kids in the state of Pennsylvania. And again, from, from one educator to another, I just always appreciate when someone is not only passionate about their classroom, but they're passionate about their colleagues and passionate about just 
as you mentioned, a, a global good, and that is evident in who you are. So thank you for that. Thank you so much for having me. Yep. Uh, once again, this has been the OPL Podcast. My name is Brandon Langer. Uh, we're going to be doing these all throughout the rest of the year, talking with administrators and teachers and finding out all these wonderful stories about Montgomery County and beyond. If you're a school district and you want to contribute, we'd love to hear more. You can send me an email at blanger at mciu.org. And we look forward to speaking with everyone that we can possibly reach and continue to, as Mike said, bring about global change and the greater good. 